Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. To Nobody Panic with me, Stevie. And me, Tessa. And today, uh, a special guest has joined us in the quarantine bunker. The quarantine bunker welcomes writer performer Rob Orton of the amazing Rob Orton Daily podcast, which, if you haven't listened, is absolutely brilliant. Oh, I'd say it's the perfect thing to have with your breakfast in the morning. Thank you very much. That's very nice. I'm pleased that you like it. Rob, you do um, comedy, but also poetry and also comedy slash poetry. And he's here to basically teach us and talk to us about how to write poetry. And we're not talking, you know, necessarily getting your poem into an anthology. We're just talking about how to express yourself creatively, which is something that Rob does very well and that me and Tessa would like to do more of. Yes, you don't have to be the Poet Laureate. You just have to write them for yourself, maybe. Good aim, though. It, why not? And that's the aim of this podcast. <laughs> How to be a Poet Laureate. That's all we're, all we're aiming for. And uh, may we... I tell you my... Wait, wait I've got to tell you my good theory. This, oh, is how I think, this is how I think school exams should be. Um, exactly how they do the owls in Harry Potter. And you just go one by one into a room where, like, your physics teacher has, like... You have to, like, wire a plug or, like, measure something using only a few tools. Or, like, you basically have to, like, play a var- various escape rooms in which you apply the fucking thing you've been trying to learn but in a real world setting love that <laughs> very good Thank and you. that's why you should I, be the principal of all I'm, schools i'm pitching for ministry of education and i really think i could be it yeah um yes but before we get in deep into poetry i'm already very excited to talk about it what adult thing rob have mm-hmm. you done this week ah well there's a cheese plant um in in the front room and i looked at it and i saw that some of the um like normally it's quite strong and um there was a uh, new leaf and they normally like spear out and then unfold but it just stopped and i looked at it and i thought oh there's something wrong there and so i uh turned over the other leaves and there was all these little bugs so i wiped the bugs away with fairy liquid and water and uh, cleaned the cheese plant, and that was quite an adult thing, I thought. That's excellent. Also, can I pop in with I've got exactly the same problem, and I've been battling these bugs for, like, months, Mm. and 
I bought this fly paper on Amazon and it's yellow and you put a little bit of like a little square of it in the soil and then when, when the larva hatch, they all just literally go onto the paper and then you break the cycle. Really? May I? And it's only two ninety nine for some fly paper on Amazon. And you might feel bad about the fly paper, but they are flies. So let's just, you know, it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's such a good one. I've got a, a succulent that I've been keeping alive for months now. And it is such a little tricky, little uh, tricksy bugger. Because sometimes his leaves all roll up and you think, that's it, he's dead. That's the end. And then you put him in water and then overnight he's like, prank. And then he looks fantastic again. I'll tell you what is brilliant. Um... At the start of this lockdown, I saw a video on how to uh, regrow your vegetables in, in water. So we started growing this leek. Right. So basically, you just chop off the end of a leek, put it in the shot glass with some water, and then it starts growing again. How do you feel? Like, Do you feel like God? It's bloody awesome. You can do it with <laughs> onions, spring onions. I've also got a leek, and uh, <laughs> I've got, a, I've got a, and a, uh, I would say, a, a farm of spring onions now. I've got a professional outfit going, yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> and what's your adult thing, Tessa, if not a farm of spring onions? Oh, my adult thing is that I made these cookies that everybody... I, oh, my friend uh, Ella, who writes a cookbook called Midnight Chicken, and she's on Instagram and she's putting up all her, all her recipes. Um, and then everybody was doing her, her Paris cookies and it was like, oh, they're so easy. And I saw all these pictures and everybody kept saying, the easiest cookies in the world. And I, and I was like, all right, I'll give it a go. And obviously I burnt the fuckers and I put the picture up on Instagram because they'd gone, I put them in like blobs and then stuck them in the oven and then they'd come out just one giant burnt cookie that was raw in the middle and burnt on the, on the edges. <laughs> the easiest cookies in the world anyway and i put the picture up and then loads of people messaged very very nicely and politely not in a like can i just say they were really like if, I, if it's at all helpful the problem there is the tin foil you've put them on tin foil and so um firstly the all the sort of goo and the butter in it just like swoosh spreads out on the tin foil but also the heat conducts in such a way that the bottom gets way hotter than the top which is why it's burnt and raw at the same time and so you've, you've got to put it on baking paper which is obviously what it said in the recipe but there you go fuck that I, I fuck, fuck that i'm not i'm not doing that i haven't got any so fuck it this will do it looks fine but no it turns out you've got to listen to the instructions and you do have to put it on baking paper so just a public service announcement there uh, i bought the baking paper and i'm going to give it another go this afternoon so watch this space Excellent, excellent. Mine's, What's yours? Mine's very, very uh, simple. I've decided to embark on a new project. Uh, the project is that for my whole life, all of my nightwear has been very much like T-shirts from like PE at school with like just very shit tracksuits that are from Primark. And I was like, I think... Like, I'm 32 this year. I think it's time now that I wear, like, pyjamas, like, actual matching pyjamas. So I'm starting to slowly swap them out. And I bought my first, like, nice pair. Um, they arrived. They are quite weird. Um, they've got, like... I thought they were going to be, like, quite soft. Um, but they've got very, like, puffy, puffy sleeves. Like, a, so I look a little bit like an old sort of colonial gentleman um, who's in, like, India or something. It's a very odd look. I'm going to have to pull it back and just get some nice sort of flanneled uh, checked numbers for the future. Like a lovely sort of Edwardian lord. I've definitely seen it in, like, The King and I or something, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
it's a problematic film and they're problematic pajamas and uh, <laughs> i hold my hands above my head i shouldn't have bought them but let's get into poetry one of the great things i think is that i'm somebody who and i don't know if, if listening you feel the same but whenever someone talks about poetry to me i uh, i did english literature and i hated i hated the poetry i had to do like romantics and i didn't read any of the romantics and tried to do the exam and it did very badly actually and i always feel like i don't get it and i shouldn't i should it's fair but what's what's happened is is that i'm reading um old very old poetry and being very upset that i can't understand it and then when i listen to your podcast or you've put some of your your poems on on your your instagram as well uh, and some on your website too it's like oh well i like that yeah, yeah, that that's good and fun, and I, I I wish all poetry was like that. But actually, that sort of is what poetry kind of is, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think I had exactly the same um, feeling of um, reading things and not getting anything from it, and people telling me that no, no, this is what it is meant to be really good, and uh, I should be getting things from it, but I wasn't, and uh, and I think that's why when I start to when people say that what I do is poetry, I kind of take it as a compliment, really, because I just always say that it's writing. And then if someone gets uh, like a poetic feeling from it, then that's really good. And I guess that's the goal. But I yeah. think loads of different stuff can be poetry, can't it? Like, I don't know, walking along a market and seeing something that giving you that feeling of uh, an everyday, like, like every single person at the moment will be going through so many poetic feelings. And it, I guess it's just about trying to harness them and write them down and not be scared about it. But I think a lot of people get it back out of them at school being like oh i've had this feeling and it means a lot to me but i don't know if i uh, if i should write it down or not whereas i think every everyone should be writing it down and whenever we whenever i go up to the edinburgh festival i think it's all right it all being comedians and performers and stuff but i wish it was more of just general people just saying how they feel about the world i think that'd be so interesting just to like see everyone's insight like my dad a, was a plumber he's retired now but he he if he got up and spoke about his day, what he was doing, I'd be really interested in that and like everyone, you know. Absolutely. I think so the GCSE um, English, the English poetry GCSE this year, and I know because I helped my small cousin through it, um, the, the format was uh, there were 30 poems of which in the exam um, you would be tested on one that was written down and then you had to know another one from memory and then compare and contrast the two but you they were all in different themes so you basically had to make yourself this like mathematical spreadsheet about like what you and like spread bet which ones you were going to memorize for what might come up and how you were going to compare them so I was like no child is going to come away with this with like an appreciation and a love of poetry all you're going to come away with is like oh i hated i hate this totally. i hate being forced to learn something and then like forced to find these you can't be express yourself and find these amazing creative links or, or be able to talk about poetry um if your only experience of it was like desperately trying to memorize something yeah i think a lot of english uh, a lot of school school business let's call school business uh, <laughs> completely eradicate i remember like with maths and stuff and obviously maths is very mathematical but i remember when we went to like sixth form and loads of my friends were doing like applied maths and it was all about like how to make things with maths how to like i was like oh that's what the triangles were they weren't just triangles like they were to make things i was like oh i don't mind doing that actually yeah. <laughs> it was just 
when it's just like and you have to find this line of the triangle you're like, i don't well, i don't know what that is and it's like so same with like poetry you're just seeing it as like syncopated rhythm and all of these like things it's like well if it's like this and it's like this and, and this means that and, it's like, and it becomes like you're learning a language that you can't access um i was gonna say what is it that first got you into uh poetry the first thing i think i did a, i did a degree in uh, graphic design and that was all about that was all about, <laughs> that was all about ideas right and they were just interested in the concepts behind how your stuff looked it wasn't so much about how your stuff but they were really interested in, in the ideas and we were doing these lino prints and um it, it was all about money and i had an idea that was um you've never handled anything so much that so many other people have handled and uh that was i mean it's not a mind-blowing thought or anything like that but i got a good grade for it and i thought oh right and then it was it was quite succinct and i thought oh maybe i'll try and write some more things like that and um and then when i saw a um, documentary about um ivor cutler on bbc4 and i saw what he was doing and i thought oh god i love that because it wasn't really poetry and it wasn't really comedy it was just were well it was both but it was uh just coming at it from a completely different angle and it, there was no pretentiousness about it and it just made me think that it just it's like when you see a piece of art that kind of makes you think oh wow this is uh it just puts you into a different place and that's what i think everyone needs that if if, if they to get it's like a massive thing of being inspired for the first time i was just like oh god i'm, I'm gonna try and do something like so for any uh, of our listeners who are not Okay with your poems and your work do you want to maybe read one of your poems to us and then we everyone kind of can just also just have a lovely bit of enjoyment in your day uh, so this is called entertainment we'll treat it as entertainment shall we what what should we treat as entertainment that tree over there the one with the sky behind it yeah okay has the entertainment started yet yes it has We've missed the beginning, haven't we? Yes, we have. Will we get to see the end? No, we won't. We have to make the most of the bits we get to see. Catch them in our thought nets. A quickly reversing car. The smile of someone you like. The bright colours of the junk mail on the doormat. The sun shining on the last orange in the fruit bowl. We are so futuristic to those who are gone, historic to those who are to come. We owe it to them to have a look at it all while we've still got the chance. Oh, my God. So lovely. I I just want to have a sit and think about it. That's the thing, isn't it? And just to do a little shout-out for your podcast, the Rob Orton Daily Podcast, it is so beautiful. And I think, forget all those, you know, the Calm Headspace app, just like... You've got the most beautiful voice, <laughs> the most beautiful way of looking at the world, and I truly think there's such a there's such a delightful little mini mini thing to listen to every day. You brighten my day no end. Um, that was absolutely beautiful, and I just think like you know if if you were then made to talk about it in a lesson or whatever, you're like it sort of takes away from the magic of being able to experience something between like you and the artist or whatever, or like, you know, take whatever you personally want from, from your piece to then have to sit in a classroom and talk about, you know, iambic pentameter or whatever. Definitely. One of the best things is that I've got to do a few festivals like Bestival and Camp Bestival and Camp Bestival, especially with all the kids there. 
there's a lot of kids at that festival and um, sometimes when I read the poetry out, their reaction to it is exactly the reaction I had to it when I was writing it. So their laughter is in exactly the right place where I thought something was funny and they, they, they're, they're, they're like bang on it more than the adults, the kids. One exercise I like to try and do is get, get the Argos catalogue or when there was Argos catalogues and just flip through it with your eyes shut, put your finger on a random object and try and write a poem about it, whether it's like a kettle or a cupboard or something, you know. That's fun. Is that if you had to, and I know it's horrible being asked to like give, give advice or give top tips, but if like if that was the thing that you, for people who wanted to start, who'd never written a poem before and wanted to start, is that where you'd say, just start with something like that? I think the biggest lesson that I've learned with anything of standing up and stuff like that is that the only thing that we've got that's unique is ourselves. And that's it. Anything else that you try to do that's different to that, that's coming from your personal perspective, is not going to have the same impact as a, as a feeling that you had when you were walking down the street, when you like tripped up and then you saw a red car or something and you're like oh wow this is weird i feel weird about this and like yeah i think the best thing to do is like just try to pin those things down that when they come to you and say like if you've just getting in a relationship with someone or breaking up and like you've got this stuff that's coming at you from all angles it's like if it comes to you in specific sentences or something like that just flipping like that bang and nail it down on on paper and because it's a really good way of doing it and everyone's human experience is like the the it's obvious but the more specific you make it the more people can like latch onto it whereas if there's a famous quote about like if you try to write something about a brick wall people won't get anything from it but if you focus on one brick and just talk about the cracks in it and stuff like that and the moss growing around it then people might latch onto it a bit more and i think it's just about especially when we're in this lockdown situation at the moment there's so many things like one of my mates sent me a message about um he started this creative writing thing and um he was talking about um he, he sent me this bit of writing that he's done and it was about the fact that he's in lockdown with his mum and dad and um he halved a cheese and pickle sandwich with his dad late at night and it was like this really special moment between them the emotion that he put into that writing from just something as clear as day as a cheese and pickle sandwich and your dad it's like that's where the magic is and that's where it's not about trying to be clever or make it rhyme or anything like that and he said to me like it's like what is it it's not poetry it's not short stories it's not it's like what is it and that's where it is for me that's the good stuff it's like just get it down and don't worry about it because the more it becomes like a right and wrong answer that's where i wash my hands with it and when i first started writing poetry or writing writing i put it on this website called poem hunter just to try to share my work and um this guy got in touch with me and sent me a direct message and was like i've written all your poems for you they are rubbish but they are better than your rubbish and they'd re he'd rewritten them so they all rhymed and it was all i was like ah. Oh not interested one awful way of looking at, at anything and especially poetry to say i've made it better now because it rhymes like an outrageous thing to do i was gonna yeah. ask rob do you have any i mean i was the original question i was gonna ask was like are there any good like resources for budding poets but actually i'm going to reframe that because i think that that is like i always do the more like academic like what are the rules and um, what are, what sort of situations or places or things do you feel most um kind of uh, most conducive to being creative obviously everything and ev the everyday that you've talked about but are there, mm. are there 
specific times or things that you like to do that kind of get the juices flowing? Uh, overhearing a lot of stuff and being inspired by that, like just being in, in the everyday situations. Like I was in the supermarket and there was two guys and they were thinking about what meat to buy for a roast and one said to the other oh no she won't eat pork because it's got religion in it and that was so inspiring to me and this it just just a simple thing like that just throws the whole religion thing into like it just lights me up just like stuffing that happens in post offices and i love um reading one of my favorite books is this it's called sum 40 tales from the afterlife oh my like, god David, have you read that yeah really I read it standing up in the bookshop. <laughs> and he's a brain surgeon, isn't he? This uh, David Eagleman. He's like one of the brainiest people around, but he's written this whole book about what it might be like to be like in the afterlife. So it's just short stories. This one's called Mirrors, and it, it starts off, I don't know how this is going to go, but he says, when you think you've died, you haven't actually died. Death is a two-stage process, and where you wake up after your last breath is something of a purgatory. You don't feel dead, you don't look dead, and in fact, you are not dead yet. And uh, just stuff like that. I love that. And then, like, um, Bob Dylan was the first person, really, where he made me think, oh, wow, you can put words together and they don't have to make sense. And he's got a book called uh, Tarantula uh, that it's all, like, peak 1965 stream of consciousness stuff, like Dracula smoking a cigarette and eating an angel, the ghost of a cheetah. And just images like that. I love stuff that puts images in your head that aren't already there, like the ghost of a cheetah. How good is yeah. that? And that's it. It's like trying to be and stay inspired and just engaged with the world, even though there's so much shit. Bob Dylan and David Eagleman and, and then people like John Hegley and Werner Herzog. And it's just, there's just so much, but it's difficult because I really get really, really sad. Talking about my work, it energizes me and it makes me realize why I do what I do. And I really like reading the Red Hand Files by Nick Cave. And he, it's just these like letters that he sends to his fans on his website, red, redhandfiles.com. And um, someone asked him what he thought about Kanye West. And um, he said that he's one of, if not the most important living artist, because being an artist is all about committing to your own derangement. And no one does that more than Kanye West. And I think that that is what I try to do is like a lot of the stuff that I do is quite deranged and it's not, it might not make sense to me straight away, but it's like, that feeling of oh i like that i'm gonna flip and write that down and commit to it and then stand up on stage and people look at you like you're an absolute moron but you've just got to take it on the chin and tweak it a little bit and thing is as well there's a lot of discipline it isn't there? i'm trying so hard to tr make myself right because i'm I can be quite lazy sometimes and i know that if i really force myself to do it and then you go to bed and you wake up in the morning and you're like Oh, yeah, I did that. It's like I've got a thing about cleaning out the fridge. And, uh, you know, when you clean out the fridge and then you forget you've done it and then you open it and you're like, oh, yes, I've done, I, I did that. It's the same thing of like writing something or just... Um, How do you go about that discipline? Are you like, OK, well, I'm going to put aside half an hour at this time or are you like half an hour at any point in the day or do you just try and write every day like how, how, how do you do it well when it comes to the crunch with writing for the edinburgh shows i uh try to do a t i start my stopwatch and write for an hour and then put a tally tally mark down and try to do five hours and if i get distracted stop it and then do it and try and 
just try and really hammer it out and um those are the days when i get most stuff done really um but the the discipline of um i need deadlines basically like we're doing this podcast at the moment and i've got to write the june episodes and uh, so i'll just try and it's pressure i think everyone needs to be pressured and one of the hardest things i find about being self-employed is that you've your boss is you and like you've got to give yourself a bollocking and it's really brutal yeah and that boss is very lax yeah you're your own boss but you're also your own employee and like everybody in the company is shit yeah. hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I think it must be really hard at the start to not just think everything you've done is shit. That is must be very hard. Did you feel like that at the start, Rob, when you were just sort of having a go? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, totally. And um, I don't know how you get past that. You've just got to like believe in yourself enough to try to keep going with it. And I think I just with the, I think one one good thing that I would say is that if you can find the open mic poetry night, there's one in Covent Garden. I know that sometimes people get told off for being london centric but there's poetry open mic poetry nights all over the country and in this lockdown if you do write something down and you 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 work on it and you look at it and you like it nothing will give it more like muscle and belief in it more than you standing up in front of a room of people and just reading it and it's such a brilliant challenge and um, I used to go to the, there's one in Covent Garden, it's every Tuesday night at half past seven. Sometimes you get 50 people reading for five minutes. And it's just as some people have never done it before. Some people have done it for ages, but it's so, people are so accepting and it's really inspiring of hearing different people um, um, reading of just their truth really. And all these different experiences. And uh, I think that's what it is. It's just for me, I only write to try to make myself excited about, 
being alive, basically. The truth is is just the whole heart of it, isn't it? I think because whatever creative outlet you you find, if that's writing or painting or poetry or anything, in the beginning you'll only ever be sort of aping the stuff that you like and doing. You know, a, a painting that looks like whatever you, you like, or a, you're writing in the style of your favorite poet or whatever. Mm. And it takes such a long time to be like, oh, this is my personal style or my voice or like my truth is finally like coming out here. And it, I'm sure that takes such a long time for that to be allowed. But that that truth can only come out if you sort of pave the way by like doing putting the time in and doing the doing this doing the stuff the, the idea of an open mic poetry night might feel if obviously if you're not someone who's like a performer or you know might feel absolutely terrifying but I, I do think that's a great idea because you're right it would it just really it nothing says I back I back myself than than reading it out but one thing that I thought would be quite helpful if, if uh, for people who would be quite maybe too frightened to do that is you could go you could go to a few before you like read because then you see without wanting to be like mean I guess then you can see like where the bar is and how the bar can be quite low some things you'll engage with and some things be like what was that or yeah. sort of, like and, and that's what's great about these these like scratch nights or these it's like when I when we started doing comedy and Tessa ran ran this night and I, I went to a few of them and and, and and she's like you should see like look it's fine it's just, it's just people saying things and it's and there's like 10 people in the room and and, it, and, and like no one and then it finishes and no one cares and I still very much struggle to do it but it really did help seeing that like other people it really inspires me when like other comedians forget their words and have to read because I always read off a script because I get really nervous about line learning and I love it when I pe- like you, you see people and being like oh I've forgotten what I was saying sorry hang on and you're like yes you're allowed to do that and it's like with um with open mic poetry like if, if you go go and see some you you will definitely see stuff that you will think oh what I could I could have a go at that. I could definitely do something like that. And people don't have to be natural performers to be poets, do they? So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be quite nervous and, you know, worried and just really reading. And then so some people will just be really just like flowing it and it's great. But you, you can just, you know, there's a whole spectrum, basically, is what I'm saying. The poetry community sounds much more supportive and inspiring than the stand-up community. I, when people ask us about doing um, stand-up, I always say go to an open mic night, like people doing it for their first time, or just you know the go to the shittest one you can find. And and I say not to be inspired, but to see just how shit it is, and to be like, if that man can get up and tell those terrible jokes, then like then so can you. Whereas it sounds like sort of the polar opposite is the poetry community. It has this like everyone's welcome, everyone's yeah. just allowed to say their thing everyone's so supportive everybody's acknowledging that this art form is really sort of ethereal and um there is no right and wrong and it's like you know yeah come up tell you tell your truth it sounds really wonderful i'm excited to go to one it's brilliant it's so inspiring because you hear so many words just for for a night and one of the good things is as well is that i often go and people say things and i think Ah, are they going to say that? Are they going to say that? Are they going to say... No, they didn't say that. Right, I'll have that. Cheers. I highly recommend that. <laughs> and the thing is, there is no bar. And if the, if there is a bar, it can do one because no one, you know, just have a go. And it's it's really... It, the, bar, the bar can be left behind at, at school and it's like, no thanks. There's no results. That's the thing. It's like... And there might be someone there who says something that really resonates with the room. and then But then you look at that and you go... Oh right, that 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 got the room like that. It's like someone seeing someone do a good speech at a wedding. It's the same thing. It's like some of yeah. some of crap. Even the crap ones, you're always like, oh, good on you for tr- like totally, trying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
you really admire them for just getting up and trying. It's there's nothing more actually that I feel there's nothing more heartwarming than seeing like the father of the bride or the mother of the bride standing up and they're not a public speaker and they're like really frightened and they and they like pop in a joke and they're like the joke and everyone goes like yay because yeah, it's like totally. it's a joke like. Yeah. And it, yeah, and exactly the same is like when those speeches have clearly come from like bestman.com and are just like a, a sort of a generic mother-in-law joke or a generic joke. Everyone's like, I mean, ha-ha, but like, fuck off. Yeah. But like when it's, even if they're just telling the smallest story about, you know, something little, something that's a true story and they're saying why they thought that was funny or heartwarming or sad or sharing that, then like those are the moments where you're like, holy fuck, that's what it is to be alive and be a human being. Like that's it right there. That We've captured it, yeah. you know. You're probably, also doing this thing where you write down your thoughts or whatever without even realizing you're doing it because like you know when you're at school or when you're um, when I was at uni whatever and I had I've got all these ring binders at home with all my lecture notes but then in the margins are like stupid notes I've written to friends or like stupid drawings I've done of the lecturer or do you know what I mean like the things that I was bored at. but I'm like well that's not not the important stuff but if you go back and you look at like your work notebook or your, your notes that you just take in meetings and stuff it's the things that you do with, when you're bored where you're like ah, I've sort of zoned out you're actually sort of zoning in so that could be a good starting point but yeah maybe you like if you actually really interrogate yourself you'll be able to and I like like you say rob all of it is poetry like what isn't poetry i was gonna say i've only ever written one like poem poem i, I used to write a lot of poems as a kid because i was very into roll dolls revolting rhymes and i knew them all off by heart and it was my, my party piece and so i thought poems had to be in this like co- like roll doll rhyming couplets i thought that's what a poem was um and then i remember um we did Paradise Lost at school and we couldn't, like, we could not get through it. Everyone was like, this is absolute dog shit. Like, what is this? And eventually our teacher was like, right, everybody go outside, go away from somebody else and read it out loud. And then everyone came back being like, oh my God, it's so good. Like, oh, okay, we get it. Like, this is a fucking great poem. Um, Anyway, the only thing I've ever properly written that was like, was when I um, was broken up with and I wrote the most pretentious piece piece of poetry and I and I found it the other day and honestly I like I wanted to but I felt so ill but I didn't delete it because I was like oh it's such a testament like how I was feeling at the time and I even though it's so it's so dramatic and it's so pretentious it really speaks to like um how I was feeling and I think and I wasn't making it up those feelings you know I really that is exactly how I felt yeah. and I felt that dramatic and that that nuts and, and it's valid you know, uh, everything, it's valid everything yeah valid. I went home and I found um the only poem that I remember ever writing or I've ever got any evidence of is um at school we were asked to write a poem and it could be about anything and I decided to write a poem about the <laughs> factory being built over a park so they were in like these small like I was seven like these like dramatic verses that would start with like the fountain the lake sparkling and shining <laughs> now lies dead <laughs> <laughs> and it was all about like litter and and that's good because it showed because I was a, I was absolutely obsessed with with like the world and climate change and like I couldn't and I, I was very like that, that was like my whole world and and that was very much how I was feeling even though it's shite like it, it's it's cute and it's funny and I you know do you know what I mean like it's there is no bad like there's no even if your breakup poem is really cliched like you felt you feel cliched when you're broken up with just, mm. just like when like so, someone dies or well, you find the words that you're saying are things that you that you've seen in a film and that you've and you can't get it's, it's really hard to get away from them and that's 
that's just as valid as coming up with like you know a new thought like what is it what is uh, the thought of coming up with a new thought is maybe one of the reasons why I I struggle to be creative sometimes because I'm always like I must come up with the new the new thought (laughs) but I think Stevie that you have new thoughts all the time thank you you're welcome uh you 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 say you say you say shit to me all the time that i'm like no one's no one's ever said that before or i don't think i'll say it again you know like and i think you're if you sit down to be like i think you you i think you've hit inadvertently hit the nail on the head which is if you sit down to write a new thought like you'll be there all day but if you just look in your back catalogue of things that you've already thought or if you just say to someone else, like, can you name a new thought I've had? They'll be like, yes, that nuts thing you said once on the bus. That time that you pointed to a tree and said, like, how do they hold their purses? Like, they, they haven't got any fingers. Like, oh you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, okay. people will sure. be able to tell you, you know, but we're so obsessed with being like, okay, we're always looking outwards when we should be looking in, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like, that's why I really liked that. I really liked that poem that you read, Rob, about, like, the like the, the bit where you talked about how we're not going to see the beginning and we're not going to see the end. It was like, oh, yeah, like, I, I know that, but I've never heard it framed in that. Like, it's just very unique the way that you framed it. And also, you, you don't sound, you sound very much like you when you talk. It's not like you suddenly become this, like, I remember my English literature lecturer had a voice, a normal voice, and whenever he read poems, he would put on this <laughs> It's so weird. And he'd do it for Chaucer, obviously, and he'd be like, oh, Willie Madoo, Willie, like, he'd, he'd go all, like, wispy with his, like, his throat. And it was like, oh, that, that's, so that's what poetry is. You have to go wispy with your throat. But and equally, like, spoken word has that same, like, um, life, but in side me and outside this box like you have this and it doesn't have to be that you know it's possible to present your ideas that doesn't feel like it's a, a show or a you know and this is my spoken word voice yeah. you know? like you can say it in a your normal way in terms of people listening like you kind of go oh well I don't I don't know if I want to be a poet or I like I you know I, I work in marketing why, why should I but like What's interesting is that I think, and we talked about it on like an episode a few uh, months ago where we did like how to be creative and it was, wasn't was about like how to be creative for a job. It was like how to just be like get more creativity in your life. I feel like that's almost like what you're talking about, about it doesn't matter what you're doing it for, just get it down because it will sort of nourish you in some way. And I was going to ask you, how important is it to just write for yourself? It's the most important thing, isn't it? And a lot of the time, like not thinking about um, who's going to, who's going to, if it's going to end up in a show or if it's going to end up in a book or if it's going to end up on a flipping thing on Twitter or something. It's just about when those ideas, if they, if they come to you, just get them down as quick as you can and type it down or write it down and then I just normally forget about it. And then a few days later, if the idea comes back to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I wrote that. And then you go back and read it with a fresh pair of eyes. And then it, it becomes very clear whether it's decent or not, because 95% of stuff that I write down, is, it doesn't resonate with me at all, whereas there's a there's a bit of it that does. And they're the bits that I latch onto. And I think everyone has these impulses of um, these feelings that come over them. And it's just about trying to write it down, even if you don't think it's good language or whatever it's just like flipping get it down how's your mum made you feel today and don't worry about what the writing is just do it and or like well I, one of the most powerful things i ever saw was like when my granny was on a deathbed and my mum said to her these simple words was like go you were such a good mum you know you were such a good mum to me and and it made me think about what i would say to my parents 
it made me look like I don't want them to have to be on their deathbeds before I say how good they've been, you know. And it was just stuff like that. And I think this, when it comes to family and um, like the big stuff, like other people and friends, like I've got one line in my show about because um, I'm quite socially awkward and I find I'm so, suffer from like I get really stressed and worried. I'm a very sensitive person and I worry about what people think of me and things like that. And I think everyone does, but I'm just one of the things that seemed to resonate people was I wish I'd taken the time just to say to my friends like thanks for being my friend i really like you you know i want you to know that i really like you and i don't want you to ever feel like you're on your own and if there's one thing that i could recommend is like phoning your mates up and saying i really like you thanks so much you know and um that's not poetry what is that it's just it's just stripped away human like one of my favorite people is daniel johnston the singer songwriter and um he doesn't try it just flows out of him what would you say then to people who who feel like it doesn't flow out of them or maybe that they do have these big feelings but they don't know how to express them or they have those moments that you're talking about and you know on a deathbed or or seeing a red car on the street and then you're like but then when it gets to actually trying to put it down on paper that's when they the sort of it fails them and they don't feel like they you know can can express they can't get down exactly what it was they wanted to try and say i don't know i think that if you do it and it resonates with you then then it's a good thing to do whereas maybe you do it and it doesn't resonate with you and then maybe that's not the thing and maybe you need to do at it go at it from a, a different form of art or or just talking to someone or what you were saying before is is almost sort of it which is just like it's the moment that you start judging it then you you never you're never gonna do it like I remember and I've talked about it for a lot on the podcast in the past about how um, I used to get given all these beautiful notebooks and I used to always like like really like lovely leather bound and I just they just sat in my cupboard for like years and years and years because I was like well I could never think of anything good enough to like I'd have to write a novel in one of those or I'd have to write like just some really good thoughts that like will be I don't know unearthed in a thousand years and people will be like this is what they this is what people lived like and I got so stressed that I and, but then at the moment I started to be like I'm just gonna use those notebooks for like just actually making lists for my day then now it's like it kind of what's the word demystifies all the process and I would when I was writing my Edinburgh show because I've only done two um the, with the second one I, w- I was so stressed in my, my first one I felt very very like I had to I, I kept saying I'm just doing it for me you know but I couldn't and I was like but is it good and uh, I would like sit down and I, I would write and then for my second one I would make sure that I wrote pre- pretty much everything on my phone notes like on a bus while I was doing something else so I'd trick myself into feeling like I wasn't doing this big grand thing that had like an ancestress line right up to these you know, incredible comedians and incredible writers that I could never live up to it was just me and like my thoughts and I think it feels like one of the first steps is like being like my thoughts are valid and and everything that I put down on a piece of paper is valid because it's mine and if I'm not doing it for anyone to mark it or grade it like we're taught like you were saying Tessa about at school you're literally taught from when you are your brain is forming you're taught that things are right or wrong and creativity is right and wrong and even if you do like a bit of creative writing someone will like scroll all over it which is to be honest is also kind of how what it's like to make a living in the creative world <laughs> people just scroll all over everything but for yourself like like I mean like scrap like if you don't like you were saying if you if you, if you write a thought down you're like oh it doesn't really resonate maybe you could try like scrapbooking or maybe you could try doodling and like you know start doodling when you're on the phone or when you're like watching tv or when like something so you're doing something else but you're just like sneakily getting a bit of like 
your soul out while 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 it's not looking. I would like to spend the whole day with you, Rob, but we do have to uh, uh, go. Uh, yeah, go. <laughs> I was trying to be a bit more poetic about it, but I was wondering if you had another poem to bring us home. Uh, well, this is for my mum. It's about when she comes and um, visits me in London, and I go and meet her at uh, King's Cross, and hopefully, when all this is over, we will do that. It's called a uh, platform. I stand on King's Cross platform for waiting for my mum to arrive on the 0912 from York. In my hands, I hold a laminated A4 piece of white paper with the word mum clearly printed in the middle. The train pulls in and the passengers are like, those who are not my mum walk past me. Grown men read my sign and continue on their journeys. Ladies who fit the description look at me in a motherly way. They know that they are not my mum, but for a split second they think the sign might possibly be for them. I wait patiently until a lady sees the sign, stops and smiles. Oh, that's oh, lovely. God. That's so sweet. Oh, that's beautiful. That's so that's sweet. That's beautiful. And so apt as well. Like it's such a... yeah. For now, that's all we want it's, now. Yeah, waiting. Oh, the, just the the privilege of waiting for somebody at a train station, or indeed of being waited for. You know, yeah. going somewhere and someone being there for you. Oh Lord, I've got a lot of emotions, and I'm going to put them all down on paper and start my notebook. Yes. yes. Uh, thank yes. you so much, Rob. That was my pleasure. absolutely genuinely an absolute pleasure it really was it was wonderful and do follow rob at robert orton on twitter and also at rob orton podcast and what's your instagram at rob orton a-u-t-o-n the podcast is called uh, the rob orton daily podcast and also if you go on your website a lot of your books are for sale am i right yes thank you they are very much for sale at the moment getting that e-commerce out there <laughs> yeah. so the books of all rob's previous uh shows and there's poetry are they are there your illustrations in there yeah yeah you're absolutely fantastic wow wow it's a very inspiring just creatively in general person um and also we're at nobody panic pod i'm at stevie m the s is a five i'm at tessa coates the email is nobody panic podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us your poems if you want to oh send God. us any suggestions if you want to tell us just tell us about your lockdown experience you know what, if please. you um want to vent how you're feeling and you don't know where else to put it and you haven't got an open mic night to go to come and send us your stuff please we'll have a read again any podcast episode suggestions please so yeah if, if you want us to tackle something then absolutely let us know and thank you so much and um we'll see you next week thank you so much thank rob. you so much rob you've been absolutely amazing what Thanks a wonderful me. guest you, you've been a joy thank you so, i feel so inspired um hope you feel inspired at home um and we will see you next time Bye-bye. bye hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains.